Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February of 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm actually in Connecticut. At KetoFest! KetoFest! <laughs> Yes, we're recording in front of a live studio audience. A live gymnasium audience. Gymnasium audience audience, uh, at uh, KetoFest in Connecticut. And I should let you know that I've been on a ketogenic diet since April of 2014. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. And within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've lost about 100 pounds. I've completely turned my health around. And this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in nutritional ketosis. Yeah, and reversing diabetes. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. (laughs) We're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? Hell no. We're not afraid of repeating ourselves every episode either. (laughs) No, no, no. We've done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind that, and we share studies that we've found in the show notes. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Mm -hmm. We love to cook and Mm -hmm. we love to eat. In every episode, we both share a keto recipe that cannot, will not, and shall not be ignored. Be ignored. Except well, maybe this one, because I don't have a recipe. No, I have a recipe that I just cooked at the Keto Fest dem- <laughs> cooking demo, so we'll do that. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, let's get started with podcast number 127. That would be 1111111 in binary. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to chat with Amy Berger. Yeah! <laughs> So, Richard, do we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show? That was uh, sitting down with uh, Chef uh, Andrew Justice. Yeah. Um, no, he, he did a really good recipe for, uh, for pork skin. So, yeah, um, great. That, that was a wonderful episode. I really enjoyed chatting with him. So, no, no apologies. But you We know. do have one piece of errata, which was we mentioned that there was going to be two episodes of sitting down with Carrie Brown. Yeah. And actually, we put the whole thing in one show. And just made a really long show. Made so. a really long yeah. show. So, we'll change that. Yeah. Change that up for mm-hmm. you. Sorry to tease you, but there was only an hour and a half of uh, content there. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably pretty good. Okay, so let's revisit what a ketogenic diet is. Sure. Ketogenic diet is eating 20 grams or less of carbohydrates per day, um, getting all of your energy from fat and not from glucose. Uh, protein is moderate. Uh, what we did was between one and one and a half grams per kilo of lean mass. But essentially, the same amount of protein that you're eating on a standard American diet, it's not that much dissimilar. You're not eating a lot of protein to get your energy. You're getting your energy from fat. fat. <laughs> That's the cruise ship I yes. heard earlier. Yeah. <laughs> So, how was your week? Uh, I'm at Keto Fest, so yeah. my week's awesome. <laughs> I'm tired. It's yeah. been uh, a, a stressful. Uh, it, it was alleviated a lot by the fact that we have like 64 different volunteers. Oh my God, let's give them a town. big hand. <laughs> 
Go hug anyone that you see with a red shirt. <laughs> right. And the thing is that people think that it's just Richard and I doing the podcasts and doing Keto Fest and stuff, but it's an army now. And it, it really makes all the difference in the world when people like you just come and help and hang out and share your time and your, and your, it's just amazing. So we were a little bit blown away by the response we got to the call for volunteers, actually. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's what we've been both doing this week is, uh, this is Saturday, uh, the 21st. Yes, I know what day it is. I also got three hours of sleep. Yeah. We had the big party at my house last night, which was that's an right. epic success. The VIP party, yes. The VIP party, lots of great food and drink there. And the, the pig was just served. Like yeah. it's being served now. Yeah. And yet these people came here to see us. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's the power of keto right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can fast through that pig and go that's watch right. a podcast. I can wait an hour, no problem. Well, that's great. Mm. So this is usually the point in the show where we give away some stuff, mm -hmm. but we didn't really pull all that stuff together because we're kind of busy doing cooking demos and things. Yeah. So let's roll that now. Hey, this is Carl Franklin in the studio post-Keto Fest to announce the winner of this week's big giveaway. As you know, every show we pick a lucky winner at random from the members of the Two Keto Dudes fan club, and today we're giving away a treasure trove of stuff from vendors we like, all of which you can find at fanclub.2keto.com. And this week's winner is Jeff Hunter! And here's a list of all the things Jeff has won. First thing we're giving away is a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug that says, Keep Calm and Keto On, and it also has Richard's and my mugs on it. And a signed copy of Lies My Doctor Told Me by Dr. Ken Berry. And a bottle of Stevia Sweet Barbecue Sauce, developed by a barbecue restaurant owner who plans to change the restaurant industry forever. This sauce is full-flavored and only one gram of sugar with two carbs per serving. Online at steviasweetbbq.com. And a cheese-making kit from Wine & Whey. Pam Zorn gave everyone at KetoFest a kit, so they could make their own fresh mozzarella. Online at wineandway.com. And a six-ounce cup of beef bone broth concentrate from Birthright Nutrition. Simply add water, heat, stir, sip, and enjoy. Six ounces makes 42 ounces of deep, rich, delicious bone broth jam-packed with collagen, gelatin, antioxidants, and minerals. More at birthrightnutrition.com. And if you don't want to wait to win some swag, you can buy all sorts of it online at gear.2keto.com. Well, there you go. Uh, now I guess it's time for, and maybe everybody can join in. Ready? Mail! <laughs> in the front with a mail t-shirt on. Look at that. I'm feeling a bit peckish on the other one. <laughs> So oh I got God. a mail from this week. Actually, somebody came up to me uh, at the cooking demonstration at RD86, and, uh -huh. and it was an elderly gentleman, and he said, I'm actually here because my son made me come here. Um, and uh, then his son came over uh, and introduced himself, and they told me this story that the father that the father was the last in person in the family to go keto. The son went keto first, but didn't tell anybody about it. It's just when they went out at a restaurant, he'd say, no bread for me or no pasta mm. for me. Yeah. I'll just eat the meat, and he'd send the potatoes back to the chef and and he was basically leading by example and so uh very quickly his mother caught on and so his mother was saying no bread for me no bread for me yeah and then um 
the father eventually was eating all of the bread and realizing that the rest of the family wasn't eating bread. So he, when they made their order, he said, don't bother sending any bread to the table. And the father actually told me the story that his uh, kidney stones, he used to get a kidney stone attack at least once a month. And Dr. Ken Berry was telling us the other day that, that women who've had multiple pregnancies and kidney stones say that they would rather have one more pregnancy than having a kidney stone. Yeah. So, you know, women don't normally give up that kind of level of pain lightly. So, yeah. so you can imagine the kind of pain that he was going through. From the moment he went keto, he has never had a kidney stone. He's been keto for 18 months. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well That's done. That's it. Well done, sir. And there is a mechanism behind that. Uh, the mechanism, as I understand, behind that is that uh, when we have high insulin, we re reabsorb lots of things, not only sodium, but we also reabsorb uric acid. And also, uh, in the early days, acetoacetate coming out through the urine competes with, uh, with um, uh, uric acid, and so you get a little bit of buildup at the beginning of keto, but once you, yeah. you're well on, on, on the way with keto, the lower insulin is going to mean that you're able to pee out uric acid gently rather than building up in the in the in the body and becoming crystals this is one of the reasons why people quit early on before they actually let their body get used to it it's because mm. you have all these changes that happen and people mm. think oh i got to put up with this for the rest of my life forget that it's a couple of weeks it's yeah, a couple of weeks it's just a couple of weeks yeah so yeah. that's so good. that's my mail it's a hand delivered mail excellent <laughs> I have one here uh from somebody in the newbies forum by okay. the way any ketogenic forum users here yeah, very good. For the rest of you, just go to success.2keto.com, and that's a really great place to start in the forum. It's a huge thread with before and after photos and people's stories. But this is in a, in a thread, uh, well, a newbie's topic called in getting started, and Tyler says, uh, tongue spasms, question mark, and I picked this because it's so weird. <laughs> right? But, you know, a spasm is a spasm is a spasm, right? And so listen to what, what he says here. Uh, hey there, has anyone experienced tongue twitching and spasms when starting keto? I'm three weeks in and started getting these weird spasms today. I'm probably a bit dehydrated, but drinking a lot of water, herbal tea now. I had keto flu week one, but I feel I recovered. I still get that hypoglycemia stuff and feel shaky, dizzy at times. However, I'm exercising and hunger is diminishing, so I assume it's just a transient state until adaptation. It's more this weird tongue thing freaking me out and increasing anxiety. Any ideas? Web searching goes straight to MSALS, so trying to stay clear. <laughs> <laughs> the responses are mostly, you know, are you getting enough electrolytes, specifically salt? Salt, magnesium, and potassium consumption are critical when eating low-carb, high-fat. As Richard was saying, you know, the kidneys retain a lot of these things when your insulin is high. And when your insulin is low, the kidneys will flush them at a, what we think is an abnormal rate, but it's really the natural rate. So you have to have more salt and magnesium of this kind of thing, or electrolytes, than you think you do. And Professor Finney really has got us all uh, looking at electrolytes. He was the one who really raised the alarm initially that, you know, a lot of the, the, the symptoms of uh, keto flu, uh, he believes, are hyponatremia, not enough sodium, because we're flushing it all out. So Right. Yeah, so that's it. That's what I got. So we're sitting down at Keto Fest with Amy Berger. Welcome, Amy. Hey. Amy Berger. <laughs> So, so happy to finally meet you two in person, and my first appearance on the show, I get to do it live. Yeah, yeah that's in great. Front of a, yeah. a live gymnasium audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're nodding your head when you're hearing these stories about keto adaptation and electrolytes and things like that. 
Yeah, I also think, though, I think something worth saying is that sometimes not everything is because of keto. Sometimes you get sick or sometimes something happens. And, right. and because it's such a dramatic diet change, we always want to attribute it to keto when sometimes stuff just happens. Right. Now, I don't know about the tongue twitching thing, but just in general. Well, I, I got a cold. Is this because of keto? I caught the flu. Could this be because, like the real flu, right. not the keto flu? Could this be because of keto? No, you, maybe you just caught something. Contrary to what we want to believe, keto doesn't actually make you invincible. It gets you, it gets you as close as you can be to invincible, right. but it doesn't actually make you immortal. Yeah. I went a hundred bucks in the lot I did is that yeah, because of that keto? Because of, that is because of keto actually, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> That's right. So the uh the issue we were talking about is an old one that the the longer I've been in the community and the more I talk to people who don't really have any idea what's going on, the more fear I sense in people of, you know, wanting to let go of their beer and their bread and whatever and thinking that they're just going to starve and fall apart and they or maybe fat thing they don't understand or get it's, it's there's a lot of fear and anxiety around it you mean fear of adopting a ketogenic diet yeah fear of eating so much fat fear of losing you know they think they're going to lose all their favorite foods and going to be craving them for the rest of their life whatever there's just like a lot of anxiety yeah. people have around I mean, but keto is, the beautiful thing about keto is there's, there's two aspects to that issue. And the first is, it's very hard for people to understand this until they do keto. Yeah. But so many of those cravings actually go away. You don't want the bagel. I, I was born and raised in New York City. I ate a bagel the size of my head every yeah. single day until I was at least 18 years old. <laughs> um, and I haven't had a bagel and I couldn't tell you how many, not even yeah. a keto bagel. I just don't want bagels. I don't right. even want a keto version. I don't miss it. I don't yep. miss pasta. I don't miss rice. So that's, that's one aspect. And then the other aspect is thanks to all the really creative cookbook bloggers or, or, you know, recipe bloggers and cookbook authors, there's really nothing you can't make a keto version of. It might be more expensive if you have to buy the erythritol and the almond flour and stuff, but there's nothing that you can't recreate if you want to. Yeah, and it might be novel for a while, too. I found that when I started, I really wanted to experiment a lot with recipes. And I told Richard lately that, you know, when I eat now, it's just like, you know, pork, beef, Salt, yeah. I don't really need to do all that stuff and have all that ceremony, although I love cooking. Yeah. It's just very easy for me to take a vacation from it for a while. Yeah. I, I kind of, I'm a foodie, but my cooking is also very simple. And I sort of get that from, I just, I still watch the Food Network. Just because yeah, I don't I do eat 90% of what they cook doesn't mean I can't still enjoy them, you know, watch them cook. I it. love to eat watching Chopped. This is yeah. a thing that's become in my house, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, looking at the baba and going, ooh, I got to have that. Yeah. Not at all. I miss making pasta, making Do fresh you? pasta, yeah. Not so much the eating of it, but the actual process the of ceremony. making ceremony. Yeah, the ceremony of making yeah. pasta. I really miss that. See, and, yeah. I, I'm so glad to hear you say that because no offense to anyone who is in the zero-carb movement or the carnivore movement, there's certainly an aspect of beauty and simplicity. I just eat steak. Well, I buy a steak, I go to the grocery store, I go to the meat aisle, and that's it. Yeah. But I also think it's part of human culture to cook and to celebrate and to share meals with people and to eat communally. And I feel like I love to hear you talk about food and be excited about different mm. flavors and different spices because I think that's an aspect of just human culture. And there's nothing wrong with just eating meat, but I, it's such a beautiful part of That's such right. a nerdy thing to say, but it's such a beautiful part of humanity is yeah. sharing food. And sharing the cooking process yeah. too with your children and your family and friends. Yeah. yeah. 
So we, they, we or be- a town. Or a town. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually believe that uh, cooking is part of the secret sauce for, uh, for how, how to get people onto a ketogenic diet. Specifically, I mean, boys in my generation were shortchanged when it came to learning about learning to cook. I started cooking when I was maybe 45. Up until then, I had maybe five recipes, spaghetti bolognese, tacos from a box, you know, <laughs> uh, wraps wrapped around something, toast. you know, toast, and Vegemite, you know. <laughs> popcorn. I, I didn't have a lot of popcorn in the microwave. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of recipes. And, you know, that ever since, and I'm 52, so that's seven years. I've, 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 you know, I've just been, voraciously sort of picking up as many recipes as I can and, and trying to learn how food works and how, how meals get put together. And I think we shortchange our children when we don't teach them. Okay, we don't sit down and have a, have a meal at a restaurant and ask the question, okay, how do you think that was made? What do you think went into that? You know, yeah. what, what is, how did, how did the, the restaurant prepare that, that food? I think that's an interesting exercise to go through with kids, and I think it will teach kids, it will sort of inoculate them against obesity, which I think is an important thing. It's, well, that's part of why I like watching shows like Chopped or Beat Bobby Flay or something, is I learn technique. Yeah. Like, oh, I never would have thought to pair those things together, or right. that's how you make a gastrique or something, but it's, I, I also think, even if you're not super, super low carb or strictly ketogenic, cooking your own food from scratch at home is going to be a vast improvement over mm, dining out yeah. three meals a day every yeah. day. Um, even if you're still cooking the potatoes and the corn and the rice, it's still going to be that much better yeah. than eating God knows what out of a box. So one of your things is you try to simplify this ketogenic thing for people who tend, you know, we're analytical creatures, especially when diets are concerned for the last 50 years. People have been measuring and, you know, science and, you know, only a micro spoon of that and you got to do this three times a day and rituals and stuff. And if you don't do the right thing at the right time, oh, you screwed it up. It's your fault. And that's why it didn't work for you. So what do you think? Um, Simplifying. The beauty of this way of eating is that you shouldn't have to micromanage. You shouldn't have to weigh and measure your food. You shouldn't have to make a spreadsheet for your meal. <laughs> if you enjoy that, because I'm the opposite. Like I, I mentioned, I'm such a good friend of Dave Feldman, but I'm so very the opposite of him in terms of <laughs> the data and the tracking. I'm glad there are people that want to do that. Yeah. I'm not numbers-driven. Um, I love food too much to turn it into a math project. I don't believe in doing calculus at the dinner table. <laughs> If you find that you need to do that, because if you don't, you're going to go completely off the rails yeah. and eat, I don't know, 250 grams of carbs, then maybe you do need to track. But I feel like the beauty of low-carb and keto is that you shouldn't have to. If you just keep carbs very low, all the rest is details. That's responsible for like 80 to 90% of the efficacy of this way of eating is just keeping the carbs really low. Right. The omega-6, omega-3 thing, the dairy thing, carnivore, that's sugar-free icing on the almond flour cake, frankly. <laughs> you know? Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. One the, yeah, one of the things that uh, that is interesting is as people do go carnivore, their taste interests narrow very much and, and Carl gave a good example yeah. he's just he's quite happy just eating pork well he, now today you know well that's next, an exception maybe in a couple of weeks I'll go back to eating yeah. uh, pork rind crusted chicken parm which is one of my favorites with thighs by the way <laughs> so Jules had a theory that uh, that uh, part of the difference between uh, people who eat uh, more vegetables in their diet and like variety and people who eat only meat and like to only eat meat and, and aren't interested in a variety is the distinction between gatherers and hunters. So a hunter has hunts down a prey, gets meat. What does he want? He wants another piece of prey. So he wants another bit of that meat. So evolutionarily, this is a hypothesis, evolutionarily, 
what is going to be his best advantage is only wanting meat and focusing narrowly on mm. that. Whereas if you think of a gatherer, somebody who gathers berries, what's their, what's their evolutionary advantage? Their advantage is having multiple different sources of things. I want yams, I want berries, I want some, um, you know, some fruit, I want some. And so, so the two things are, they're both, we're, both, we're evolutionarily wired to, to, to prefer both. Mm. In context, and so when we're out hunting, and it's not a male-female thing; it's a hunter-gatherer thing that we all share in our mm. DNA. So that's that's a, a that's a hypothesis why some people go carnival and they say, "I'm happy eating meat and drinking water," and that's that's mm. possibly uh, an explanation for how that happens. It it kind of makes sense. I mean, even for me, I love meat. I love to eat steak. I love pork chops, chicken. Um, if that was all that was available to me, I'd probably be satisfied. Mm. If there's other stuff mm. and I have it, I do tend to want more. Even even we're talking about broccoli and zucchini and things that are totally keto-friendly yeah, and yeah. low-carb-friendly. It's not like we're talking junk that I want to keep eating more of. To me, it's I would be fine with just having the meat, but I, I know right. that if I do try a lot of things, then I want more and more. But what always kind of strikes me as weird and it's kind of along this evolutionary thing when i think of picky kids there's so many kids now with eating issues super super picky right my child only eats fish sticks he he lives on grilled cheese and hot dogs <laughs> well what what happened a thousand years ago did the kids not caribou again mom yeah, oh dear yeah. again like you're we just killed a caribou and you're going to eat it for the next month and That's you'll right. bloody love it <laughs> what did they do that he doesn't want caribou i no, guess i'm gonna no. have to find some carrots like this this picky eating is very novel, I think, no, to the human you family. All that caribou yeah. that's in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't, you couldn't be a picky eater a thousand sure. years ago. You wouldn't. Sure. So it, it'd be selected against. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah, interesting yeah. how it's come up. It's interesting how it's come up after the rise of agriculture. I mean, and this is this is it. Potentially, could be part of the derangement that you know, mm. highly processed carbohydrates have, have have caused on us. One of the things that that we often remark on is that it's not that so much that keto cures so many illnesses. Our bodies cure so many illnesses once we get the derangement out of the way, and keto gets all of that high insulin, permanent chronic high insulin derangement out of the way. And then our bodies find their homeostasis for a lot of things, whether it's energy intake. A lot of us go keto and find that we stop eating. We're, we're satiated when we've had adequate energy. And the list our, goes on and on. Blood pressure and, yeah, and blood fatty pressure liver. And, and, yeah, all of these things. And, and yeah. it could well be that uh, that picky eating goes away once somebody gets that derangement out of their system. Interesting. So, yeah. uh, it's just a hypothesis. I, I don't have kids, so I can't, so I can't next, try and experiment on them. Next time I um, get in my time machine... <laughs> I will bring some chicken nuggets, and we'll do a little experiment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, Amy, you're a nutritionist. We forgot to mention that at the top of the show, which is yeah. interesting. How did you come to keto? Um, like, I mean, I wasn't always a nutritionist. I definitely was a, a career changer, as they say. Um, I found low carbon keto the way a lot of people do. I was overweight and I was, um, I was never obese, but I was definitely chubby and I was chubby despite. So when I was a little kid, I was a real couch potato. My favorite thing, it still is. My favorite thing is to sit on my butt in a chair with a book. Mm -hmm. Um, so certainly I was not big on exercise, not, you know, and I, I grew up on a standard American, you know, bowl of cereal every day, toast, margarine, the whole nine yards. Um, but as I got older, I started exercising more. I started eating what I thought was a healthy diet. I lots of grain, lots of whole grain, mm. light, 
margarine, lower fat, um, snacking on pretzels, granola bars, you know, the healthy fiber bars. Um, and I could not drop weight no matter what I did, no matter how hard I worked. I ran two marathons. I have pictures of myself at the finish line of both of these marathons online, and I'm significantly puffy because as I see Malhotra and Steve Finney and all them say, you can't outrun a bad diet. And I am proof of that. Um, so I, it was serendipity that my mother got a, U, a copy of the Atkins book at a yard sale, the 1992 Dr. Atkins New Diet Revolution. And I read it and it made sense. Mm -hmm. It just made sense. And, but it was very scary I and mean, it was terrifying. It like, was this terrifying. is so crazy, but I've already worked so, I spent so much of my young adult life beating myself up and feeling ashamed and feeling like a failure and internalizing that failure. What's wrong with me? Why are all my other friends so thin? They eat garbage. They, they wouldn't know a barbell from a doorbell, you know? And, <laughs> but I did Atkins and, I would never look back. And I, I do remember the first time I put heavy cream in my coffee instead of skim milk. <laughs> and I was like, am I going to feel my arteries clogging immediately? Right, or is it going to yeah. take a week before I have this heart attack? <laughs> I used to have friends who'd say, it's going to turn my blood to putty. Yeah, like you, because it's so different from what we're used to, but it worked. Yeah. And so I started from, a, and then eventually years later, I went back to school and I got a master's in nutrition because I, I was a career changer. And at, at one point, I was very unhappy in the work that I was doing. And I said, said, you know, nutritionist is a career. Like, that's mm. a thing that I could do. Maybe I could actually help other people with low carb. Yeah. And over the years of doing research about why and how keto and low carb work, weight loss, to me, at this point, is the least impressive thing that it does. I totally agree. Hey, yeah. it, it, it might reverse your diabetes. It might reverse your cardiovascular disease. It might help your MS. Oh, and by the way, you might also drop a couple of pounds along the way. Right. Um, so I, I'm so much more fascinated by the other stuff, but I came into it initially mostly for weight loss. We were tempted, actually, one episode, we removed the weight loss bit from the top of the show. Yeah. And we actually said, you know, we're not in this for the weight loss. We're in this for all of the other benefits, and the weight loss came, came along yeah. with being able to regulate our energy intake. Yeah. And, and you guys were mentioning before, I, I forget in what context, but talking about re reversing some of these illnesses, that even in the keto community, we, many of us are still so focused on the body weight and the body yeah. size and shape. Right. When the thing is, you guys know it, probably a lot of us in this room know it, so many of the health things get better even while you still have a lot of weight yeah. to lose. Yeah. So you can focus on the scale or you can say, I'm off my insulin. Yeah. My fasting blood sugar was 92 this morning when it used to be 146, you know, or... I have my, 10 toes. Yeah, my, my joint pain <laughs> is gone. Like that. My <laughs> acid reflux is gone. And instead it's like, oh, but I have 80 more pounds to lose. But you're, <laughs> you're so much healthier. And that's this very personal personal to me, having been heavier and working my butt off to not be heavy, that we still have this knee-jerk reaction on size and we still judge by we size. We all do. Yeah. Uh, here's a story for you. So um, one of our previous guests and an admin and a dear man, Tom Seast, is here. And I just met him in person yesterday for the first so time. So did I. <laughs> yeah. But you've, you've known him longer. Yeah, yeah, I've known him longer. We've Skyped and whatever. I overheard somebody say, what is that guy doing, you know, promoting the ketogenic diet? Because he's big. I mean, he's a, he's a large man. And I just looked at him and said, he's lost 300 pounds. So think about this. So yeah, 300 pounds, right? Tom. So what you're looking at are people who were really morbidly obese. You know, so obese that they couldn't step on a scale and get a reading. And they've lost 300 pounds. And all you're seeing is where they are today and thinking, 
What business does that guy have, you know? Yeah. You yeah, we, we got to know where they started. Yeah, we don't know where anyone came from. And, and not that I think this is a good idea, but rather than judging people based on their size and you know nothing else about them, yeah. if we all had to walk around with sandwich boards over our necks that said triglycerides, 52, yeah. HDL, 79. Actually, you got a digital you know, readout. <laughs> <laughs> then it might be different. Oh, well, he's 327 pounds, but he's in perfect health. Look at those numbers. Yeah. So um, it's it's so personal to me because of... I, like I said, I was never obese, but maybe just being a young woman in the American culture, I felt like I was. Yeah, and I, like, yeah. treated myself as if I was. Um, but That's I. That's a whole hour right there. Yeah. Well, the yeah. interesting yeah. thing is our bodies find a homeostasis. Our bodies are designed to keep us in a range, uh, in a weight range that, that in the context that, of the inputs that the body has, that's what the body believes is, is the most, uh, most survivable weight range and look at us three we're all different weights we've mm. all been ketogenic for for many years and our bodies have each found their own homeostasis that that, that our bodies believe is going to cause us to live long enough to reproduce more often and so mm. you know that's uh uh it, it's unique to, to 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 the context and and there are things that you can do if you're if you if you're 10 10 pounds away from where your ideal weight is and you just really want to get those 10 pounds off I mean, there are lots of other things that you can do, like trying sleep hygiene, trying... I mean, if you're already low-carb, there's not a lot more you can do with your diet uh, to, 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 to work on that. You can, you can try, um, uh, you know, getting more sun. Sleep, I think, is an, is an important one that we have a lot of problem with. Uh, but the other thing is, maybe your body knows better than you what your weight should be. Yeah. That's another thing. Maybe, maybe your body's maybe, actually smart. Maybe you should be those 10 pounds heavier because maybe you like doing marathon bike riding after a three-day fast. And maybe your body says, if you're going to do stuff like that, we're going to have you carry about 30 pounds of body fat because we know we can get you know, uh, 900 calories out of that per day. And that's going to be adequate to be able to run you your I, race. I could not agree more about not necessarily a set point, but just... So I forget which doctor said this, but one of the low-carb doctors a long time ago said, keto will get you as lean as you can be, but that might not be as lean as you want to be. If you want to go further, yeah, maybe you do have to pull out some more stops. Calorie restrict will always yeah. guarantee to lose your weight from that and it, point on. And it might on. not be comfortable. It might not be maintainable. And maybe there's a reason for that. And you mm. may lose lean mass, but it will lose you. If you need really need to lose those last 10 pounds, that, that, that will do it. But, you know, as you say, it may not be sustainable. Yeah. Well, this so. is maybe one of the reasons why intermittent fasting has gotten so popular, because that seems to be a way people can break out of long plateaus, you know. As, uh, and if, and there isn't necessarily one formula for it, as Megan Ramos says all the time. I think if you're eating keto three three meals a day plus keto snacks in between, yeah, then intermittent fasting is ideal for you because Agreed. that that is going to give your body the maximum amount of time in that in that fasted. You really want to swing between fed and fasted. That's what we're designed to do. And if you are feeding, you know, six times a day, it doesn't matter if it's keto. You're feeding six times a day your insulin's still going to go up but if you feed once at dinner and then don't eat don't eat after dinner and don't eat breakfast and maybe don't eat until lunch your body gets goes through a really nice long fast and fat to satiety that's (laughs) what we preach but i also want to sort of emphasize the feasting part of feasting and fasting because i get a lot of clients especially women Mm -hmm. especially younger women who don't understand that if you're going to fast when it comes time to eat you have to eat 
Yep. You can't be afraid of food. You can't be still in the low-fat diet mindset. Okay, I fasted for a day and a half. Now I'm going to refeed with a salad and three <laughs> ounces of chicken. It doesn't work that way. That's, right. yeah. that's the people who have, quote-unquote, adrenal fatigue, yeah. or that's yeah. when the yeah. thyroid tanks. It's not the keto. It's the fact that you're starving yourself. Right. You're unintentionally. You don't mean to. But um, women are just so scared of food. I couldn't food. agree more. I yeah. Agree. So, so how do you deal with uh, women who are scared, or any client who's scared of eating fat how do you how do you change their mental way of looking at fat from from uh, from uh, from unnecessary calories to fuel well most of the people who come to me are already doing low carb or keto and they're not okay. getting results so most of them are sort of not afraid of fat um, if anything i get people that are overdoing fat at the expense of adequate protein sure. they're so afraid of protein that they're loading up on fat instead of consuming more protein but for the people who are new and it's really a big mindset shift i sort of just try to have them keep in mind, you've already been eating a certain way your whole life, and look where it's gotten you. Mm -hmm. What do you have to lose by trying this other way? And I'll just say, that this is how I eat. If I thought this was harmful, I wouldn't right. be telling you to do it. I mean, I'm a nutritionist, but I have to have malpractice insurance. Like, if I thought this was going to harm you, I wouldn't be telling you to do it. Right. Um, so, or you just... This isn't normally what I, that's normally what I say, but I guess the better answer is you just explain on a very basic level how the body works. Right. You know, once you're off the carb roller coaster and your insulin's low, you're running on fat. Mm. And so even if, even if you're heavy and you have a lot of body fat, you still need to eat fat too. Mm. So. Yeah. And so what's your advice to other nutritionists who are sort of tempted, dipping their toe in the water and tempted to go down a low, uh, a low carbohydrate path? If they've never done it before, never, that's a good, no one's ever asked me that before. Would you suggest maybe try it themselves or? Oh, for sure. If, they, if they've never done it, I don't think you can coach somebody through it if you've never tried it and mm. you don't know what it's like. Mm. Um, I would maybe, there's probably a couple of books that I would recommend, you know, learn the science of how this works because, you know, even like we discussed how I was new when I read the Atkins book, understanding the mechanisms of how it works made me not afraid. When you know, like... I, I, when I got my master's in nutrition, I was already eating low carb for a few years and I got the degree because I felt like it would give me more confidence to have the letters after my name. So in school though, in learning the biochemistry and learning the anatomy and physiology, it was like, oh, that's, that's why this works. That's why this does what it does. Yeah. Like I have no fear whatsoever now of eating red meat, of eating saturated fat. It just doesn't scare me because I know how the body works. Um, the, the, I'm, I'm also not afraid of vegetables, though. Like, I'm not, I'm not a pure carnivore. All the love to the carnivores. I have nothing against it, but I'm just not... Um, you know, one of the problems that we talked about this before, too, but one of the problems with, uh, you know, the people who did Atkins in the 90s is that salt wasn't really understood back then, and people attribute the kind of ills that they got when they eat more fat and less carbohydrates to the fat because that's the the obvious answer right i mean back then it certainly was but now we know about salt and we know about electrolytes and all of those things that can cause people to go oh this isn't for me and give up and so when somebody says what do you do I, you know i like like ted namens answers bacon and eggs for two weeks <laughs> you know just eat bacon and eggs for two weeks because you got your salt yeah. You got your fat. Eggs and are pretty protein. good complete source of complete source of nutrition right. pretty much. Like you so can grow a chicken out of one. That's it. So I just tell people to eat bacon and eggs for two weeks and come back and see me. That's what he said. <laughs> and it probably works every time. It I'll works bet. every time. <laughs> yeah. What other tricks do you give people to uh to get them to 
comply or, or you know. I, I mean, like I said, I, it's rare that I actually get anyone that's new. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Most of the yeah. people that, that come to me are doing it for a while already. Um, I guess I just try to talk sense to people. A lot of the people I get are so mired in the measuring and the tracking and the weighing. And yeah. if you enjoy doing that, do it. But it's just not necessary for most people. Mm. You know, if yeah. if you're eating the right thing, you shouldn't have to do right. a calculus right. assignment. It just, I'm, I, that's the way I did it too. I was all about these foods are out, these foods are in. If I feel like eating more salad one day, I'll have some more salad. If I feel like eating more meat, uh, you know, I'll eat more of that. So yeah. I just did it the way I, I began to trust what my body was calling for because that's yeah. what happens when we, you, we when you find not. yourself in the fridge at three in the morning, that's your body waking you up and getting you there. You didn't, your brain didn't say, Oh, I must need more carbohydrate right now i think i will have some pizza you know <laughs> uh, your body is actually doing that you're not even aware of it so i just trusted what my body was telling me to eat and ate it well we're, oh. so, we're so used to not trusting our body when we're yes. deranged yeah, I yeah. Mean, we're used to saying our body my body wants you know we'll eat all the food if i have a if i have two large pizzas in front of me i will eat two large pizzas the other day you, we were out and i had a blue cheese craving Anybody ever have a blue cheese craving? That's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Yeah, salt, but also that funky, nasty kind of tang um, in umami. your mouth. You know, nasty umami. in a good way. We yeah, love blue. Yeah, nasty, yeah. good, nasty good, blue oh, cheese. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I had a craving for some Roquefort, and I go to the yeah. And on the way home, we stop at Shoprite down here, which they usually have some, and they were out. So I got this smoked blue cheese. Yeah, don't ever get smoked blue cheese. No. So sm- uh, Karen, yeah. Karen Ogilvie's shaking her head. She was in the. She was there. Yeah, and Siobhan was oh. also. Siobhan Huggins was also there. It's it's Terrible. funny, you know. Blue cheese has this funny kind of flavor combination where it works really well with things like walnuts. So I mean, there are lots. There are things that blue cheese works yeah. really well with. Celery and blue cheese, really nice yeah. combo. But blue cheese, and there are some tasty things that you can pair with blue cheese, and both blue cheese and that tasty thing will fight each other like. Do ne- never eat blue cheese and sardines. No. <laughs> sardines taste nice. Blue cheese tastes nice. The two together will just fight each other like cats and dogs. Why would you do that? <laughs> but I, I, I want to... <laughs> say something before I forget about not just people that are new, but people that have been doing this that are struggling. There's a reason Atkins induction works so well. And there's a reason Ted Naiman's bacon and eggs work so well. And there's yeah. a reason Dr. Westman's page four works so well. Mm. It's because this is the list of foods you can eat, period. If it's not on the list, don't eat it. It takes mm. all the guesswork out. Right. And it's, so, it's, it's, it may not be as fun or as enjoyable, but it's effective. Yeah. It takes all the questions. Of, well, can I have that? How much of this am I allowed right. to have? How, How many grams? You don't even ask the question because that food's not even on the list. And the foods that are on the list, it's pretty much unlimited. Right. Even Atkins induction, everybody forgets, was basically unlimited protein, assuming it was no breading, no no yeah. fillers, with but un, un, unlimited plain chicken, beef, pork, eggs, um, he said, eat these foods and eat until you're full. Yeah. And stop when you're full and yeah. eat when you're hungry. Yeah. That's basically it. It's, it's very, it's deceptively simple. We've, we've made keto so much more complicated than it needs to be. Mm. I think in future, we're going to do some podcast episodes where instead of saying keto is under 20 grams, we'll just say keto is page four. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> keto is Tim Noak's green list. Or, yeah. You know, there you go. That, yeah. There you go. Tim, keto is uh, Ted Naiman's bacon and eggs every right. day. If it's not on the list, you don't eat it. 
end of story. Very good. So what's next for you? What are you doing after you leave here? Uh, well, what is next? Um, there's a keto retreat up in Canada, in Perth, Ontario. So there's very little going on north of the border of these events. So if you're up in Canada, come see us in Perth. Um, I have an idea for a second book. I wrote a book called The Alzheimer's Antidote. I'll be speaking tomorrow here at Keto Fest. But mm. I have an idea. Don't this isn't for public consumption, except the thousands of listeners out there will know yeah, now. Just, um, nobody's listening. Don't worry about nobody's it. Nobody's listening. It's just um, us. This is like, do you ever listen to Robble's podcast? The six listeners can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I would, I'm thinking about doing a book on men's health and insulin as the driver of so many men's health issues. Yeah. Uh, prostate hypertrophy, erectile dysfunction, cardiovascular disease, all of these men's issues. Not that cardiovascular is an equal opportunity yeah, illness, sure. but you know, it's like the number one killer of men is heart disease. Um, And I just think nobody's talking about the fact that chronic hyperinsulinemia is the main driver of all of that. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And and what man, what man isn't going to want to read a book that tells him if you want to reverse all that, eat steak. (laughs) Right. So fix erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's your title. (laughs) Who wouldn't love that? You know, that could be said in so many more vulgar ways, but uh, (laughs) this is is a a family show. Uh, I just planted that seed in your imagination. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) So anyway, that sounds like a great book. Well, this is great. Everybody give Amy Berger a big hand for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, are you peckish? I'm peckish. <laughs> are you ladies peckish? Really? There are ladies in the front <laughs> row wearing t-shirts that, that say feeling peckish. <laughs> well, I guess we better cook up some recipes. <laughs> so we're only going to do one recipe today. Yeah. And it's actually a recipe I cooked today. Yep. So, and this was over at RD86. I did a cooking demo. And uh, anybody in the audience who uh, had the lamb? It was awesome. Thank you very much. So, so I've done the lamb before as a recipe, and I've done the fennel salad before as a recipe, but one of the things I did different this time was a suggestion by Chef Robert at RD86, and he suggested what I do with the juices that come out of the lamb when you slow cook the lamb, all of these juices and a lot of fat comes out. And a lot of people who are trying to, uh, traditionally people would drain off the fat. If you're keto, you're going to eat the fat. You're just going to shred the meat and have it soak up all that fat. But Chef Robert suggested something different. He said, take that braising liquid off. And then he said, confit some garlic. Now confit is a method of cooking a, uh, a meat or a vegetable in oil at a very low temperature. And the way you do this is you, you basically take a pot and you fill it with garlic cloves and you uh, add olive oil till it just covers the, the last garlic clove and then you put it on a low heat for like six hours. And at the end of that, the clove, you can actually squeeze it between your fingertips and it's like toothpaste. Mm. It's turned a really hard clove that, 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 I mean, and the taste is just so rounded and delicious. It's, mm. it's, it's lost that sharp, hot garlic flavor. Right. What he did was he suggested that I confit all this garlic in olive oil and then take that garlic and add it to the braising liquid and get a stick blender and blend it and make mayonnaise. So I made lamb mayonnaise and then oh put that God. on the pulled meat. And anyone who's had that will, will tell you that the sauce was the, was the, the killer combination. So that's my recipe for today. It's a very simple one. Um, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna be on a blog anywhere. You're gonna have to, uh, you have to see the recording of, uh, the Keto Fest, uh, uh, cooking demonstration. So I usually have a recipe, but I've been a little busy this week. 
However, you had, a, I, you had a keto fest to do. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but I can tell you one of the last meals that I made for myself and how I did it. And um, I had a version of this on the show before, but I, I simplified it and I got the idea from Brenda. Brenda Zorn, by the way. She, she's here and she's amazing. Um, lamb shanks. Anybody like lamb shanks? Oh, yeah, yeah, lamb shanks are awesome. Yeah. What's great about lamb shanks, especially when you use a pressure cooker or Instapot, some people say, is that all that connective tissue turns into this like gelatinous, gooey, gluey kind of sticky, lovely stuff. And so what I used to do is I used to put braising liquid in it and cover it in liquid, like stock or something like that, and cook them that way. And then they dried out. Mm. So what I do is I just put olive oil, rosemary, salt, pepper on it and into the Instapot right on the bottom without any liquid or anything like that. So you get some burned bits on the bottom. Hey, that's okay. They're good. They're delicious. <laughs> They're crispy. <laughs> yeah, crispy. And, of course, that oil just coats everything, and the salt and the rosemary is a perfect pairing with it. And, and garlic, of course, too. I put garlic in there. And it keeps the juices inside the lamb keeps shank. keeps the juices inside the lamb shank, and, and you get that... You get, you really taste the connective tissue when it's done. And I do it in an pot on high, which is chicken and meat or whatever, for an hour cycle. And that's all it takes. Nice. That's it. So, Amy, did you have a recipe that you wanted to? Oh, yes, I, I wasn't. I th I, with, this is a question without prepared. notice. And not, yeah, I not wasn't. I'd like, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Um, a recipe. I'm trying to think if I've made anything new lately. Um, I made goat for the first time Whoa, recently, actually. Yeah, yeah I did. I did a goat curry, and I did it. Um, oh. I didn't do it in the slow cooker. I had a enameled cast iron, so mm. I browned the meat first, mm. put it in. I had canned tomatoes, like diced tomatoes with some chilies, I think, and I used curry powder and coconut milk. Mm. It was so good. Oh I think goat is really Isn't underestimated. Nice? It's it's yeah. hard to find. If you have a Middle Eastern market or an Asian market in your neighborhood, yeah. you can usually find goat. It's yep. really good after the feast of Eid. So after Ramadan. The fasting month for Muslims, there's, they have a big feast where they have a lot, traditionally would have a lot of goat. And after that feast, all of the butchers that support that community mm -hmm. have a lot of it frozen that they couldn't sell. And they usually, goat is, Lisa, they do sell ground goat, but mostly I see it on the bone, which is mm, great because it's yeah. perfect for stews, curries, um, instant pot, slow cooker kind of. And it's also that connective tissue, all the gnarly bits, but that's the good stuff, right? <laughs> you can, you can drink powdered bone broth protein or you can, eat delicious shanks and knuckles yeah. and you know yeah do you eat keto shakes no i eat keto shanks <laughs> <laughs> hey nothing against the keto shakes those are great <laughs> if you need that that's cool but i think uh we i think we've come to the end I of think, another great i episode. think we have a show of course if you've heard anything that you want to tell us something we said wrong something you don't agree with some more research that you found to support or refute anything we've said send it by email to dudes at twoketodudes.com or post it on our website and you can follow us on twitter twitch youtube and instagram at two keto dudes and uh, make sure to use the hashtag 2KetoDudes. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And you can have a look around the ketogenic forum without needing to create an account by starting with success.2keto.com. And if useless swag is your fancy, you know, t-shirts, mugs, and all their junk with witty keto sayings on them, head over to gear.2keto.com. And if you want a shot at getting some of that swag for free, join the 2KetoDudes fan club. You'll be eligible to win something in every show. Go to fanclub.2keto.com. And if you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce, 
Think about uh, a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. You can see all of our podcasts and other videos on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com and check out Carl's cooking videos at carlskitchen.com. And uh, one more round of applause for Amy. You want any last words? Yeah, I... Thank you, thank you. Um, this is, we said earlier, this is the first time I've met you guys in person, but I've been listening to your podcast for a long time now, and I just want to thank you publicly. If you, I think you mentioned you started keto in 2016. I don't know when you started, but 24. Yeah. Only a few years, and look what you guys, you've literally commandeered the town at this huge yeah. keto celebration. This is the second year in a row. What you've accomplished in such a short amount of time is incredible. You have one of the most popular forums. Um, it's amazing, and thank you, because I am happy to buy my ticket and come, but I'm, I could never plan anything like this I can't organize it so I'm glad that someone else well, does. I can't you, organize it either something I'm amazing, my best. So. <laughs> thank you all right you crazy people we'll see you next time on, on two, two keto, keto dudes, dudes.